Welcome to PT Mayo Physical Therapy Podcast, a smorgasbord of fascinating insights and valuable information from Filipino physical therapists about the physical therapy profession and practice. In today's episode, we dive into another emerging practice, which is pelvic health or pelvic floor physical therapy with Lily Wells. Dr. Lily Wells received her physical therapy degree from De La Salle University and went on to receive her doctorate of physical therapy from Des Moines University. Currently, she is the Clinic Director of Therapy Services at Rehab Visions Outpatient Clinic in Fairfield, Iowa. She also serves as the Iowa Health Association's Iowa Rehab Manager's President. She is also an adjunct faculty at Des Moines University Doctor of Physical Therapy Program. She serves on the Medical Advisory Board at Indian Hills College Physical Therapy Program and Jefferson County Public Health. She is an active member of the American Physical Therapy Association and Iowa Physical Therapy Association. Her specializations are in the areas of orthopedics, pediatrics, geriatrics, women's health, pelvic floor, and lymphedema therapy. So come take a listen. Tara, let's go. Okay. Welcome back to PT Meal Physical Therapy Podcast. Again, I am Johan De La Paz, and, and for today's episode, we're going to talk about pelvic uh, floor physical therapy and, and what it is. So for today, we have um, Lily Wells to uh, help us understand what pelvic floor physical therapy is. Hi, welcome to the show, Lily. Hi, Johan. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? It's um, happy Easter weekend. Oh, yes. Happy Easter weekend to you, too. Yeah. So, uh, so as I've mentioned, we're going to uh, for today's episode, we're going to talk about pelvic floor physical therapy and what it is. So, but before that, uh, I want to um, ask you to um, give us a brief background on how you got into physical therapy first, and what led you to where your current practice is now. Okay. So my name is Lily Wells, and I've been um, practicing forever, for a long time. <laughs> um, I went to um, the La Salle University back home in the Philippines, and um, I've been practicing for over 20, 21 years, for 21 years. And I came here um, to work at the hospital setting, but I started as a traveler physical therapist. Mm-hmm. And... Um, my company um, had me work here in the Midwest and my goal was to really to work somewhere warm. (laughs) Like I wanted to be somewhere where my family is because my family is based in California. And so um, I wanted to be there, but my work assignment was in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. And then um, I work in the hospital setting and I pretty much worked there for 20 years until recently, um, actually just last year, um, when um, I opened um, this outpatient clinic. And um, and it's um, multidisciplinary physical therapy, occupational therapy, and speech therapy services. And um, so it was a different kind of different but in a way it's good because I've been doing a lot of the outpatient um, services at the hospital so I've been a rehab director and overseeing all the different therapy services at the hospital and then so same thing in this clinic it's also um, overseeing um, the PTOT and speech therapy Um, 
I got my doctorate at Des Moines University, and um, I got my PT degree back home in the Philippines, and then I came here and I got my doctorate. And um, I always say there's always so much to learn. Right. Um, and this is um, pelvic PT is just one of my specializations. I do lymphedema um, treatment, and I love that. I'm so passionate about it. I'm also passionate about dry needling. I've been mm-hmm. doing dry needling too. And then um, I just recently got my certification in in assisted soft tissue mobilization or ASTEM. Mm-hmm. I just did it like a few weeks ago, like mm-hmm. last month. And then I've also um, been doing, oh my gosh, okay, what else am I doing? So I've done women's health, pelvic floor, dry needling, lymphedema, um, and ASTEM, and um, oh my gosh, what else do I do? <laughs> I forgot now. Um, yeah. So, anyways, well, <laughs> I'd like yeah, to have you again for for lymphedema because that's a, yes, that's sure, an interesting sure. topic. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah, but, but for today, we're going to talk about uh, pelvic floor physical therapy. So, for those who are not familiar, I'm, I'm just I, for me, it's also yeah. I'm just touching on the surface um, in, into pelvic floor because I just attended one seminar just to try yeah. to find out what it is, but. Um, yeah. How would you describe pelvic floor physical therapy and what it is? You know, a lot of people will ask me, what is pelvic floor? Mm-hmm. And do I have one? <laughs> <laughs> and um, where is it at? So yeah. um, there's just going to, um, there's we're just going to talk about um, a little bit about um, pelvic floor as a whole. Mm-hmm. And um, because there's just so much information about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing with pelvic floor is, um, it's, it's just not limited to women mm-hmm. and not just limited to maybe the geriatric population or postpartum, um, cases or, um, menopausal women. Mm-hmm. You can see some issues as well among men mm-hmm. and athletes, runners, you mm-hmm. know, so, um, when it comes to the pelvic floor, there's just a lot of information that I wish I've known before. Um, but we're going to dive into this and I could tell you a little bit about um, the beauty of it. And I even have brought, I don't have the model with me, but I have this. Can you see? Wow, that? yeah, yeah. So um, there's your, okay, actually it's, there's your pubic bone mm-hmm. and there's the coccyx right mm-hmm. there. So but, it's a top view. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So all this red stuff, mm-hmm. it's actually red if you can see it. All that red stuff is muscle. Mm-hmm. So from top to bottom and on the side, it's all muscles. And guess what? When it comes to muscles, physical therapy can rehabilitate it. So Correct. Yeah, and it looks like a bowl. If you mm-hmm. look at it, it looks like a bowl. Mm-hmm. And I have another picture. I like showing pictures because I educate my patients about it. Mm-hmm. If you look at it, it looks like a sling. Right, right. And then there's your bladder. Mm-hmm. This is a female one part, mm-hmm. too, by the way. 
So there's your there, there's your bladder, the uterus, mm-hmm. and the bowel. Yeah. So, so for those who are just listening and doesn't see the the, uh, the the visual presentation, the the pelvic floor muscle is a sling that connects uh, all those organs. So yeah. as physical therapists, we can target and um, rehabilitate those muscles. Yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. And um, it's definitely more supportive. So if you can imagine that sling is weak or lax. Mm -hmm. So what happens is it, it might not have the support that your uterus needs, Mm -hmm. or your bladder, Mm -hmm. or the bowel. Mm -hmm. So it's very important that we strengthen that muscle. So Mm -hmm. a lot of patients would say you do pelvic floor. Mm -hmm. Um, Why is it the physical therapist touching that area? Again, it's because it's muscles and mm-hmm. muscles have, you know, we PT have a, anything to do with muscles. We touch it, we, mm-hmm. we rehabilitate it, we educate it, we strengthen it. Mm-hmm. And um, so, and there's a lot of muscles in it too. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing what we can do to help people that have problems in their pelvic floor. Right. For me, what introduced me to pelvic floor physical therapy are some of my patients who came from uh, the hospital and uh, they would ask me, uh, because after getting their their catheters out, they would ask me, are there any exercises I can do so that I can be con- continent again? Um, and I would ask them, um, I'm not sure. I would tell yeah. them, I'm not sure yeah. if that is something that we do address. Probably it would be, you have to talk to mm-hmm. your doctor about it. So there, that's that's where, that's when I, I started researching about pelvic floor physical therapy. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and you know what? With that being said, these muscles we utilize every single day. Right. Like mm-hmm. we, we pee, we poop, mm-hmm. and hopefully we have sex on some point. And mm-hmm. you are using all these muscles that I just showed you. Mm-hmm. And a lot of dysfunctions can occur, to, you know, with, with the, those muscles involved. So, mm-hmm. so right. So aside from um, incontinence and, and yeah, bowel incontinence, urinary incontinence, and sexual dysfunction, are there any other conditions that a patient would want to go yeah. into a pelvic health physical therapist? Yeah. So um, I see a lot of patients with urinary incontinence, mm-hmm. whether it's a stress incontinence or urgent incontinence. Um, there's also bowel, bowel dysfunctions. Um, people might have some sexual dysfunctions or pain. Mm-hmm. Um I can tell you a really good story. This is kind of like one of my favorite because um, I had a patient who um, was, she was a cervical cancer survivor Mm -hmm. and she went through chemotherapy and radiation. And then after the, after the treatments, after the cancer treatments, um, she knew that there was a little bit of damage and she was experiencing a lot of pain. And um, by the time I saw her, she said, of course, you have to take all the history and everything. The one thing that she told me is that I really just want to um, feel normal again and not have pain mm-hmm. 
because I am on the verge of having divorce. <laughs> oh. Well, because she said, I've been married all these years and my husband and I have been together for many years in high, since high school and I have not been able to tolerate um, if we make love just because mm-hmm. it's so painful. Mm-hmm. So, you know what? One treatment of physical therapy she called me the next day and she was just like flabbergasted. She's just like, I cannot believe I should have known this. Oh, wow. I should have seen you before. I I should have had the talk with my doctor about this or maybe my doctor should have referred me to you because you just saved my marriage. (laughs) You know, because we're, we're in, when they're in so much pain, Mm-hmm. You know, you try to avoid activities that might be causing more of the pain. Right. And then as soon as she had the physical therapy and noted relief, it was just like night and day. It was just mm-hmm. like, and her husband actually came even to the therapy session and was just so thankful because you know what? It totally changed their lives. So anyway, that was my success story. <laughs> That's nice. That's a good story. Because yeah. yeah. a lot of, I think uh, there's a lot of women out there who's probably suffering from uh, pain, which they don't know how to address or they would just right. address using medication. Right. And that's the thing. She's been through chemo and radiation. It's like, you know, I'm not a pill popper. I'd rather do natural stuff. Do I just need to learn exercise? Do I just, what do I need to do to address mm-hmm. these things? So um, I also mentioned about postpartum issues, um, sexual dysfunction, pain during sex, pain after sex, um, cancer recovery, especially among men. This is very huge among men with um, after prostate cancer. And there's a research studies out there that says that men who participate in pelvic floor therapy um, benefit um, prior to having the surgery. So, Mm. you know, they learn how to strengthen their muscles. And by the time they've had their prostate cancer surgery or chemotherapy and radiation, their outcomes are definitely much better. So, All right. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the first pelvic floor health uh, physical therapy was a men's health course because oh, most of yes. the, the patients that, I, that was asking me about incontinence was men. Um, so <laughs> it really opened up my eyes to the vast, yes. uh, uh, what do you yeah. call this, scope of, of yeah. pelvic floor. And, yeah. and you have also women's and, and then you have men's issues. So mm-hmm. aside yes. from um, what do you call the incontinence, there's also erectile dysfunction and, and right. you mentioned pain. So it was, uh, it was a, it's a, it was a very educational seminar. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> and then of course, some of these male patients might prefer to have a male therapist. They're mm-hmm. like, but I've had male patients and then um, most of them are elderly mm-hmm. Um Patients because they've they've had um, difficulty with um, after having prostate surgery or prostate cancer, and you know what? Um, they just need help. They just want to be able to live normally. Like they sometimes will say, "I'm getting tired wearing the pants." Mm-hmm. You right. know, I'm I don't want to wear it 
or it's embarrassing if I'm in public, you know, how mm -hmm. can you help me? You know. Right, right. So, but um, I think um, even at this time, there's um, not much physical therapists who are aware of mm -hmm. what we can do as, as professionals in the pelvic floor realm. Um, some people would say, oh, it's just, pelvic floor is just about Kegels. So for you, um, how would yeah. you, yeah, how, how would you describe yeah. our um, role as physical therapists in, in, yeah. in the pelvic floor scene? Okay. So um, when I see my patients, mm -hmm. um, that's the one thing that um, I'm so surprised that not a lot of people actually know how to do Kegels. And mm -hmm. it's like, are you doing it properly? How can you, <clears throat> excuse me, how can, how long can you hold the muscle contraction? Can you actually relax your muscles? Mm -hmm. There's some, you know, kind of like when you're working on your computer, on your laptop, you have this very tight muscle here. And um, we see that in the pelvic floor too. People might not know that they have weak muscles, but some people have very, very tight muscles. It's like always contracted. It's like, mm -hmm. how can you relax it? So, um, it goes both ways. So for physical therapy, um, when they come, there's so much education. Um, and, and when I'm assessing them, it's not just I'm looking. There's two types of assessment when you do um, pelvic floor um, therapy. You do the external and you do internal. So the external, you check their posture. You check their muscle strength, your, your range of motion. Um, you check their hips, their shoulders, their lumbar, their thoracic, their core muscles. Um, and sometimes people would say, really? That's even, you have to check my shoulder too? Um, yes, I do. Like you check the ribs, the, the breathing, and um, all those, um, how they're walking, um, what activities do they do most of the time? What are the activities that seem to aggravate their condition? So all that. It's kind of like your daily assessment when you see a geriatric patient, you know. Um, so you do all those testing. And then, um, of course, that's after you've done all the prior medical history. And I tell them, tell me everything that you want me to know. Um, so that's a part of your subjective part. So you do the external testing. And then you also do the internal testing. But before I go to the internal testing, <laughs> which is the the, the, the the interesting, the most interesting yes. part of pelvic, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> so um, for physical therapy, um, of course, we we teach them exercises, and we want to make sure. Okay, are you doing the kegels properly? Because if they're not doing it right, you know what? It's not really working on the right muscles. So they have to be instructed on how to properly do it. Um, aside from that, you teach your patients some of the dietary um, training or behavioral training. Like, um, what are the things that you're probably eating um, that might be irritating the bladder? This might be contributing to why you're always going to the bathroom, you know, the urgency and the frequency. And then the other thing, too, is what are the medications that you're taking? Like, I'm sure you have patients that are on Lasix or mm -hmm. taking some other pill. Yeah. And you know what they found, they have found that um, that could contribute to the urgency. It's either whether they're drinking enough water or are ne they're not drinking enough water. 
or some of these patients, they're just afraid to drink at all because they don't want to go to the bathroom because they know once they laugh, mm-hmm. cough or sneeze, or when they get up from the chair from sitting for too long, or even if they're standing, they have to mm-hmm. go to the bathroom because they don't have the control. I agree. Um, so medications is one thing. Um, and then aside from the exercises and a lot of behavioral treatment, I teach them about um, bladder retraining. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you've heard about the bladder retraining where you um, um, teach them a log to log in, um, like the time they, they have to go to the bathroom, how frequent it is. Is it, did you have a big leakage or is it a medium or just a small amount? Is it just trickling down? What activity have you been doing? Are you, did you just like walk by, were you just walking or did you just hear the faucet dripping or were you on your way to the bathroom or were you just driving or did you just cough or sneeze or Mm -hmm. laugh or jump? Mm -hmm. So a lot of those things that you have to document and teach the patient how to do it. Um, Other thing I do is biofeedback. So I use the machine, this biofeedback, it could be a handheld one or you can have the fancy one where you attach it to a software in your computer and you can actually, you can watch and tell your patient, okay, contract your muscle and then you can see the graph spike. Mm -hmm. And then you say, okay, now relax. And then you see that graph go down. And sometimes patient won't be able to even, you know, contract the muscle or they don't see that graph go up. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes they can't even have it go down because mm-hmm. they can't relax their muscles. So it's just one way visually and auditory, auditory um, way of re-educating your patients. So um, a lot of education, really. A lot right. of education to your patients. So, mm-hmm. so now do you want to hear about the internal checks? <laughs> yes, I, I, I'm sure everyone's uh, excited to hear that. <laughs> So the internal, a lot of therapists probably would think it's like, oh, I don't want to do pelvic health because I don't want to do internal check. So, so the internal check, um, when I see my patient, I, you know, I break your pelvic floor into layers. It's like, oftentimes we refer it to like your pelvic muscles, like an onion. So there's layers and layers and multiple layers that have different functions. So there's three, three functions in your pelvic floor. Um, they call it the three S, um, sexual, sphincteric, and supportive. So sexual will be for sexual appreciation and orgasm. Mm-hmm. And then the sphincteric is in nature, um, it's, it's like a sphincter. It opens and closes mm-hmm. um, to allow for urination and defecation. Mm-hmm. And supportive because that's the third layer. Uh, it's supportive because it supports your uterus, your bladder, your um, cervix, um, the, your vagina. But then for the male, it's for your bladder and your rectum support. So three S's. So what I do when I do internal check, there is a one, we call the one-digit assessment. So um, well, either... I, I, just to clarify that to those listeners, digital 
meaning one finger. One finger. <laughs> one finger. When, when I read that, okay, digital. Okay, so it's high tech. It's digital. But <laughs> later, I found out. Oh, finger. <laughs> That's the digital part. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so either I go through the vaginal or the rectum. Mm -hmm. So you palpate all the muscles of the pelvic floor. And, and there's so many muscles in the pelvic floor. You have superficial, middle layer, and deep layer. Also, including two hip muscles um, as you go deep into the, to the um, deepest layer of the pelvic floor. Um, so what I do is I touch each muscle, and I'm checking for pain, and I assess can you feel this? So I'm, you're checking for sensation. You ask the patient, can you feel this? Um, how about this one? Can you feel I'm putting pressure on it? Is it tender? Um, so at, at the same time, you also ask the patient, can you contract your muscle? Can you do the Kegel? Can you squeeze? So you do your mass, manual muscle testing that way. So an example is, okay, this is my finger. So zero manual muscle testing is if I cannot feel any contraction. So grade one will be like, grade one will be like a very, very light touch. Two will be like, oh, okay, I can feel a little bit like it's, the muscle is wrap, wrapping my finger. Grade three is like, oh, that's a very good, like wrap, like around my finger. Four will be, there's a little bit of a pull. And a grade five will be like you're tugging my finger. Okay. So there's your manual muscle testing. Mm -hmm. So you ask the patient, can you squeeze your pelvic floor muscle? And the way I describe it to my patient is, can you hold your pee? Mm -hmm. Imagine you're trying to, you have to go to the bathroom, but you're not close to the bathroom. So try to hold your pee. Or sometimes my patient's like, I don't know how to do that. They don't know. I mean, I don't know where my pelvic floor muscle is. Or sometimes you tell, you ask your patient, okay, just imagine you're going to pass gas mm -hmm. or you're going to fart uh -huh. <laughs> and you have to hold it. So try that. And then when they do that, so those are the two main instructions, like trying to hold your pee or try not to pass gas. And once they do that, they contract their pelvic floor muscles. And you'll be surprised sometimes I've had many patients who have zero grade. Wow. I just can't. Yeah. They just, there's no muscle contraction. It's either, either they've had some nerve damage from mm -hmm. surgery or from, from cancer treatments, or they just have that poor awareness, you know, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. I don't know how to do it. So what, you know what they do? They contract their, their buttock muscles, their gluteal muscles, they're uh -huh. squeezed. They're, and I tell them, no, 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 that's cheating. <laughs> you can't uh -huh. squeeze your buttock muscles. Or sometimes they move their hips or lift their buttocks or they use their core muscles. Like they like hold their breath. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And so, again, you have to teach them. It's like, okay, I'm going to teach you how to properly contract your pelvic floor muscles. And guess what? Research out there has shown that 30% of the people don't know how to perform their Kegels. <laughs> mm, it's easy to say, but it really, for some, it's really hard to do. Yeah, mm. yeah. 
So that's, that's the internal chat. Um, it can be a little awkward for some, but you know what? It boils down to educating your patient. Mm-hmm. Tell them what to expect. And then, and most of these patients come needing help. Mm-hmm. And, and they're just so happy once you, you know, you help them. Right. So um, the internal check sometimes can be a form of treatment as well, right? Oh, yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like um, if you have a patient that would say, I have pelvic pain, mm-hmm. um, what can I do to help with it? So mm-hmm. um, it's actually one of my favorites. Um treatment is um, when they have pelvic pain, I do this. um, It's kind of like how you, if you have like a knot here Mm -hmm. on your neck Mm -hmm. and sometimes you kind of just massage it Mm -hmm. and you put pressure on it Mm -hmm. and sometimes you hold it for 60 to 90 seconds. Mm -hmm. And then after 60 to 90 seconds, it feels, oh, wow, it feels Uh much better. And okay, keep doing that. Do that mm-hmm. again because you mm-hmm. miss a spot. Try this right. one. Uh-huh. So same thing with um, same thing with pelvic floor pain. Mm-hmm. You can actually put pressure. It's kind of like position positional release technique mm-hmm. where you just put pressure on that muscle where it's mm-hmm. tender mm-hmm. and hold it for ninety seconds. Oh, no. And you know what? The good thing about it is it's immediate. And the patient can actually say, whoa, Mm -hmm. it's not tender anymore. It feels Mm -hmm. great. Mm -hmm. It feels good. Um, I do that. And then sometimes I do a sweep. Mm -hmm. So I sweep back and forth and just kind of like, like, you know, how sometimes you feel like you want to massage a muscle. And then just, and it just relaxes. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's right. I mean, your internal check can be your treatment as well. Yeah, for, for patients who were complaining of, of pain, how would you approach someone who has apprehension in oh, yeah. an internal check or an internal treatment? How, how do you make them relax? Yeah, um, I usually start with breathing exercises because mm-hmm. um, their breathing is very important. And... Um, and I don't, um, I don't go into the internal check unless the patient wants me to. Right. I have to have their consent. Correct. And um, I actually have have them sign mm-hmm. um, a written consent that is it okay that I do this? Because mm-hmm. if they don't, I don't force them to. And but I have to tell them that this is part of the evaluation and treatment so this is something that um i'd like to do so that i i'll be able to help you more so i know what's really going on right because it's hard like you can just go by their prior medical history or their subjective complaint and you can just go by external your external assessment but then it doesn't quite touch that pelvic floor area itself Mm. so um, we do some breathing exercises. Sometimes we do some, um, you know, what do you call it? Um, mindfulness exercises. Mm-hmm. So just for them to relax and have that awareness of maybe I'm holding my breath mm-hmm. right. <laughs> and I'm tensing up. or And, you know, 
a lot of this patient could also have some history of, um, I haven't had this, but this is something that's a little bit, you know, um, a little bit um, sensitive. Sensitive, thank you. Um, like if they disclose that they've had history of sexual trauma, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so you have to be really respectful of your patients um, and or patients that might just have um, difficulty with touch, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So for, you mentioned uh patients who might have um, issues with touching, um, would you also start with uh, the patient being familiar with how you're touching, like you're assessing externally, then ask if at that point would be okay to uh, perform the internal or you you would wait for another session to... Hold it off well, to yeah, you, know. you can break it down. You can have um the first part of your treatment. Like we can we can just touch on this area, and then maybe on your second treatment, mm-hmm. after you've noticed some improvement, sometimes they will say, Okay, excuse mm-hmm. me, I'll do it on the mm-hmm. next. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing too, I was forgot, forgot what I was gonna say. Um, um there's also devices mm-hmm. that you can use mm-hmm. so that um, if 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 they feel like maybe I could just use this this um, equipment mm-hmm. and do it myself, then I'll probably feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't had a patient say that, but um, sometimes we use a dilator. Mm-hmm. And then you can just buy it on Amazon. You can buy it online. You can buy it at the pharmacy. And then they can use that too. And they can do their own treatment at home. Mm-hmm. So you give them some home exercise program. Um, and you just instruct them, this is how you can do it. Mm-hmm. So, oh, that's nice. So there's yeah. a follow-up at home as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's different sizes of dilator. You can start with a very small one and then work it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it you can use the smallest one for a week until you feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And some of the patients will be like asking me, "Is like, you mean a sex toy?" <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But I would, you toy? would say that in a would you say that in a straight face? No, it's a dilator. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, uh, again, it boils down to educating your patients because um, because patients, um, most of my patients, of course, they're just like, I'm here because I need help. Mm-hmm. And if you can help me, great, because I've been having this, you know, this issue, this problem for years, or it's been, most of them are chronic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you could just understand some of them probably don't want to see a physical therapist right. because it's, it's something like, I'm not comfortable, you mm-hmm. know. But once they get relieved, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It right. feels so fulfilled mm-hmm. that and way. I, also, I guess um, some doctors are not aware that as physical therapists, we can also touch on those um, uh, issues with, with patients. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's also a, uh, 
a way that we can address the uh, patient's concerns as well. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, um, I get most of my referrals from OBGYNs, OBGYNs. And then after I started practicing and Mm -hmm. working on pelvic floor and women's health, Mm-hmm. It's it's like educating the other doctors as well and say, hey, mm-hmm. we do we can do this. We can right. help your patient. And they'll be calling you. It's like, can you do this? Can you help mm-hmm. us with this? Mm-hmm. I have this patient like this. And it's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like educating them because they didn't know that we can do it. So for for you, what was your um we call this light bulb moment when you decided to go to touch on to pelvic floor physical therapy pelvic floor yeah um the light bulb moment it was actually one yeah it was one of the OBGYN Mm -hmm. um and she's like Lily I have so many patients that I could refer to you um and I think um it it will be great if um there's somebody in the department who is certified in seeing pelvic health patients. Mm -hmm. And it was, that was the light bulb moment for me because it's like, I guess there's a need Mm -hmm. in the community. It's like, why are you sending these patients to drive an hour away Mm -hmm. to see a a physical therapist that specializes in it when we can offer it here, you know? Mm-hmm. And honestly, in my team, I have, um, I think there's 50% women and I have some male therapists too, and none of my male therapists would like to do it. There's <laughs> <laughs> like, no, you guys do that. Yeah. And then, um, and then um, I did it um, because um, one of my therapists just had the baby. Mm-hmm. So she was... Um, She's like, well, I wish I had time to go to a class and so I could understand. And the other one was more into orthopedic cases. And that's kind of like her passion. Uh-huh. And so I guess I'm like, I guess I'm it. I'm mm-hmm. the one. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, well, and I, I, I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, for me, um, since I am more of a geriatric um, physical therapist, um, I had a lot of concerns uh, with my patients uh, regarding continence. That's why I, I was curious about pelvic floor physical therapy. So I think you can mesh your specialties together. Like in the seminar that I attended, there there are they are mostly orthopedic uh, um, physical therapists that yeah. are uh, focusing on like chronic pain, and one right. of those that they want to address is pelvic floor. So I think mm-hmm. they can I, they can mesh it down. Yeah. Yeah, and you know it's this is the other thing that surprised me. Mm-hmm. Some patients, some of my patients that have low back pain, mm-hmm. you know, you assess their lumbar spine, they check their your their hip, maybe their gait pattern, and you know what? Sometimes it's actually coming from the pelvic floor. Oh wow! Wow, that's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I one of the other. Th- things that I ask my patient is, can you show me how you lift? Um, Can you show me how you squat down? Mm -hmm. Um, And I always ask, do you have leakage? Do you have episodes where, um, you know, when you're jumping, do you have leakage? Or um, some of the runners, 
Mm-hmm. If exactly. they run, they mm-hmm. run marathon. Mm-hmm. And then are you putting more damage to, to those muscles? And I've seen this among CrossFit um, weightlifting activities that sometimes people may overdo. Um, and then they notice it's like, oh, mm-hmm. wow, I'm having mm-hmm. some urinary incontinence. Mm-hmm. You know, so are they putting more damage to their muscles or is it, is, are you helping it? Are you working on your core muscles? Mm -hmm. You know, you have to integrate all that. Mm. Yeah. So it's, it's more global. So you can't separate pelvic floor from other issues. Right. Yeah. Cause I think for like you mentioned, CrossFitters, um, running athletes and aging population, they would think that those leakage would be normal. But in right. fact, there are some underlying issues that we can, as physical therapists, address. Right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And uh, um, the other um, population I've seen are among menopausal women. Mm-hmm. Like, because um, the female hormone estrogen, um, that could also affect the, the pelvic floor muscle because it's um, thinning the tissue. Mm-hmm. So then they start saying, "Oh, um, I I was just laughing, or mm-hmm. I just cough or sneeze, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I I notice like I'm having this leakage." Mm-hmm. So yeah. And you mentioned um, in our discussion that uh, something about the fourth trimester was that. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you know, um, after after giving birth, a lot of the patients would say, when can I go back to work? Can I start running after six weeks? Can I, you know, can I do this at home? Can I, while taking care of the baby or my family? So the fourth trimester is um, people, oh, I mean, OBGYNs will um, ask this question now and they're, they're asking more thorough questions is like, are you having pain? Are you, is the wound where you had the episiotomy, where they do the, the cut, is it healing well? Are you bleeding? Are you having difficulty with your daily activities? Um, so the fourth trimester is just um, having all these healthcare providers, including physical therapists and OBGYN, asking the patient postpartum, it's like, what are the issues that you're having? And considering, like, maybe you need to do some strengthening before you can go back to work. Like, for us as physical therapists, we do lifting. We have to transfer our patients and um, or we have to help them during gait training. But if you, if you have weak muscles and you have the symptoms or pain, Maybe we need to address that first and restrict you on some of the activities before you go back to work. Mm-hmm. So the fourth trimester is just like that time where time where we just have to consider things before having the patients go back to their previous level of activity. So it's like the transition, yeah, um, transition period for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Right, and uh, that's good. We we we've touched on a lot of topics with pelvic health, and I had a lot of like I took notes of of what you were 
<laughs> so for you, what is, uh, what's the, the beauty of uh, being a pelvic floor physical therapist? What do you like about it? It's um, the beauty of um, being a pelvic floor physical therapist is um, education mm-hmm. and empower, empowering your patient that um, that they can do functional activities that they weren't able to do because of some of the dysfunctions they've had in their pelvic floor. So definitely that education, a lot of, I spent so much time giving them a lot of information that they could, um, you know, do at home. Mm -hmm. And I usually just see my patients once a week. Mm -hmm. um, And then I will probably just see them for, I don't know, um, it kind of ranges anywhere between four to eight visits. Mm -hmm. So after four visits, if I've seen so much progress and they've met their goals, you're done. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had patients who've had chronic pain or chronic conditions and they might need more visit after the eighth mark. Mm -hmm. Um, but most of my patients, I just see them once a week for four to eight visits. Um, most of them just need four Mm -hmm. and a lot of it is educating and empowering them. So Mm -hmm. I think that's the beauty of it. It's just, you do a lot of that to your patients. Right. And, uh, one thing that, um, was shared to me by one of the, 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 people in the seminar that I attended, she said she was working in an outpatient facility, which is like yeah. you're, you're handling two patients at a time, right? But when they were, when she was assigned to pelvic floor physical therapy, she loved it because um, it had more intimate time. It's one-on-one. You're not rushing your patient. You're spending your time getting to know the patient, the history and all the assessment. Yeah. You're very thorough. So she loved that. <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, definitely one on one. (laughs) You don't want a, (laughs) you really need a private room. Mm -hmm. Um, And I usually schedule my my pelvic floor evaluation for between 60 minutes to 90 minutes. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Sometimes I feel like I'm not done. I have to, I have more to share. So, and patients are just like, oh my gosh. There's, I didn't realize it, you know, mm-hmm. that there's just so much. They always go home with so much information. Correct. Mm-hmm. And and because uh, we have a lot to give in, in terms of pelvic floor, because not much uh, patients or people know about addressing or issues about the pelvic floor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. for physical therapists who are interested in going to uh, the pelvic floor physical therapy uh, uh, scene, what should they expect and what traits should they Oh, bring? my. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Um, one thing, you really have to have an open mind because, like what they said, with your assessment, um, you're going to do external assessment and internal assessment. Um, if you feel like you're not comfortable with that, um, you know, it might not be the area for you, right. but we, like what I said, you see it across the lifespan, you will see young people needing it. 
benefiting from pelvic floor and you will see patients that are elderly patients and they might be saying, you know what, I wear the pants or pad eight a day. And then at night I have to wear one because mm. I can't go to bed without it. So um, it, it you have to be patient because um, some of your patients might have chronic pain and or chronic condition. And this is the other thing I forgot to mention um, is that some patient might actually need to have surgery, you mm-hmm. know, but you you are not going to lose anything from coming to physical therapy because you're going to educate them. How can you strengthen your muscle before you have the surgery? Because mm-hmm. your outcome will be much better after the surgery. You know, I mentioned earlier about the patient that have zero m- muscle testing. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't feel anything at all. Are you squeezing? And she's like, my patient will be like, yeah, I'm really working on it. But I cannot feel anything. You know, um, at the very least, you can teach them. I want you to try this at home. Do this exercise every day, 50 times a day. <laughs> um, but you are not going to lose anything from coming to physical therapy, even if you end up having to have surgery. So you have to be patient as well. Um, you have to be open-minded. And then... Um, you have to be fun because it can be sometimes you, you you might feel like, oh, this is something like serious or something. But you know what? I, when I'm, whenever I'm treating my patients, we just sometimes it can be a sensitive area. You know, you respect that. But sometimes you just end up laughing because you're like, I can't believe you're teaching me this, you know, (laughs) you know, my husband doesn't even know about these things, (laughs) but yeah, just, just have fun with it as well and respect your patients. Being open-minded, being patient and, and having fun as well. Yeah. 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 So, well, thank you for the time. I I have uh, my three last questions for you (laughs) so um, if you're not in your current field of practice right now as a Uh physical therapist um, where do you think you 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 would be well um, so um, my my mom has um, has has always discouraged me to go to nursing school she's Mm -hmm. a nurse my mom's a nurse Mm-hmm. And she said, don't go to a nursing school. I'm not going to encourage that just mm-hmm. because um, she said, then you'll be working night shift. And you probably <laughs> don't want that if you have uh-huh. your own family. Um, I've always wanted to be in the medical field. Mm-hmm. So I, if I were in a physical therapist, I would probably have gone to nursing school. Oh, <laughs> so you're yeah. really interested in, in, in helping people. Right. I think that's my, I call it my dharma is like, you know, my sound like, okay, yeah, you do need, you, you help people, but that's definitely what my dharma is, is to Mm. help when it comes, when it comes to helping is something to do with healing. Healing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and second question, um, what do you suggest uh, should all 
all physical therapists uh, possess in order to succeed in, in their practice? You have to really um, have this thirst mm-hmm. for learning. Mm-hmm. There is so much to learn. And, you know, um, I've been practicing for 21 years. And I could tell you that the learning process is is endless. There's always so much to learn. Even when I went to my um, doctor of physical therapy, I didn't realize, oh, my God, why am I back to school? I'm done with learning. I'm done with homework. I'm done with, you know, all these things. And there's just so much to learn. Mm-hmm. And um, because you know what? There's so much to offer to your patients. and the fulfillment, the feeling, the sense of fulfillment once you're able to help, it's just just wonderful. It feels good. Mm-hmm. So if you if you have that um, thirst for learning, just go for it. Because you want to be able to give back to your community, you know. I've been here for for many years and um, it's just able to help them and tell them, yeah, I can do it. I can help you. I know how to do it. It's just that sense of fulfillment that you know that you can do something for your patient. Mm -hmm. So learning, always go for that. (laughs) Yeah, of course. And of course, in learning, you would give the the highest quality of service you can give to the patient. And that's being fair to them. Right. Mm -hmm. And lastly, what are the, three ingredients that that are essential for you right now that you carry every day. So what makes up Lily? So it may be an event, it may be a thing, a person. So what are are the things that are important or essential in your life right now that you carry every day, each and every day? Wow. Three ingredients? Can yep. we just talk about salt, pepper, and sugar? Or <laughs> so what makes up Lily? Uh, what is uh, true for you? Oh, gosh. Um, true for me. I think um, definitely my family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, family. You know, they're, they're your compass. They, um, my family has always been very supportive of, um, of everything my with my career, especially, and, um, all the things I've, I've done when it comes to my career, it's, it's my family that has been always there and supportive of me. So that's, that's very essential. And I probably wouldn't be here if, you know, I probably wouldn't be doing this if I didn't have their support. So they're definitely my compass. Um, that's one. So Good two point. more. Two, two more. more. <laughs> okay. Um, of course, faith. Um, mm-hmm. Your faith. In, you know. Um, and tomorrow's Easter. It's kind of right. weird mm-hmm. that we won't be able to go to church uh-huh. physically. But it's different now. Yeah, it's it's kind of like. Anyways, it's strange, um, but faith is one thing because you know um, there's 
definitely a lot of uncertainties and this is definitely a difficult time mm-hmm. for for many of us and um so just keeping that faith um third you want another one another ingredient <laughs> <Last> <laughs> one. one more okay oh, well we can stop at that if, if you'd like <laughs> <laughs> i can't think of any <laughs> so i guess right. my health yeah my health i guess oh. is keeping keeping um you know healthy um taking care of yourself maybe doing more self-love mm-hmm. and being more inward, especially during this time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So family, faith, and health. Those are the three things important for Louis right now. Yeah. Yeah. So lastly, uh, but again, I want to thank you for um, giving your time, sharing your experience and your knowledge with us. I have learned a lot. I sure did write a lot of stuff here. And I am excited to get into pelvic floor physical therapy as well. So as a closing, um, what do you want our audience to take away from this episode? Um, That um, pelvic physical therapy is one area that, um, that will be worth looking into. and like what I said, have an open mind, be patient. Um, there's, there's so much information um, about pelvic floor. You can help people that um, across the lifespan and uh, male or female. And it's very fulfilling, very fulfilling. That sense of fulfillment is just wonderful and amazing once you're able to help these patients. So consider it (laughs) right good words all right again thank you thank you lily for thank you thank you thank you johan and stay safe and happy easter that's another serving of pt meal physical therapy podcast i'm sure we've learned a lot from dr lily wells regarding pelvic floor physical therapy uh if you're listening to the show could you tag us in, in facebook or Instagram so that we I know uh, that you're listening to it. If you have any suggestions, questions, you can uh, comment on the episode in iTunes as well or send me an email at ptmailpodcast at gmail.com. So again, thank you and be safe. <laughs>